Today on CityCast Boise, younger generations are putting off or choosing to not have kids. And let's be honest, they have plenty of reasons to wait. Local dog moms Frankie Barnhill and Rosie Piper are with me to talk about why millennials and Gen Z are perfectly happy raising fur babies instead of human ones, and why being a dinkwad is where it's at. It's Wednesday, August 9th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Rosie. Thanks for being here, Rosie. Hi. So good to be with you guys. So excited for this. Um, This is so cute. And I love that there's kind of like a little bit of a generational thing here, because I think that although we're kind of in the same boat, like, you know, we're noticing a lot of younger generations like both of yours are putting off to like putting off or choosing not to have kids, but they do have a fur baby. Are you seeing this with any of your friends or family, Rosie? I am. I actually see this very frequently amongst my friends as well as my family. And what about you, Frankie? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Also, I think we should establish I consider myself an elder millennial. Uh, (laughs) Rosie, where are you in the generation splits? Well, I think I'm a younger millennial then because I'm right on the cusp. You're a cusper. Okay. I'm 95. So I would almost say like a little zillennial. Very, very. Zillennial. Okay. (laughs) Frankie, you're if you can't be a cusper because I always say I'm a cusper and you're younger no, than me. No. So I'm definitely I'm I'm in the older millennial like I, I went through the Great Recession. Uh but yeah, that's good. And honestly, that's part of it that I want to talk about is just the economics of uh having children uh versus having fur babies. And of course, you know, there's a there's def- definitely a difference. But, you know, if you parent your your dogs the way that I do uh, parent my Daphne, um, it can get kind of kind of spendy, <laughs> too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you think led to this shift? Like, what are your thoughts on why younger generations, millennials, millennial or Gen Z are not having kids, human kids, <laughs> I should say human kids and are deciding to have fur babies instead? What do you think, Rosie? Well, I agree. Economically, you would think like a lot of financially like reasons like to have kids is a huge commitment. Um, I feel like for us personally, financial was a big factor of why we wanted to hold off to maybe get into our 30s before we started having kids. But also, I I feel like I'm very selfish in my life right now. And I really am enjoying the lifestyle of not having children and the freedom that that gives me to just be a little more selfish in my activities and um, taking care of my dog. Now that he's like five too, like he can come around with us or like he comes with us on trips and all that stuff. And he's a lot more low maintenance. So it just kind of like fits into our lifestyle at the moment and all of our hobbies as well. So it's I mean, financially, yes. And then also lifestyle as well. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Rosie, I know you and your husband, you've been married for several years, right? Um, I've been Mm -hmm. married to my husband for coming up on eh, four and a half years, I guess we are. And um, I got married in my early 30s, you know, living in Boise. I saw the cost of living increase rapidly over the last uh, 12 years when I first moved to Boise. And, you know, that's definitely a factor. Like, let alone to have to have kids, it's expensive. And you, it feels like, you know, I'd want to have a little bit more security in my housing before that decision. Um, it also uh, took me a little while to feel secure in my housing, even to get a dog. And I'm just like, 
a neurotic type person. So I'm going to wait until I feel like, okay, I have checked off all of the boxes until, you know, feel like as confident as possible to make this decision responsibly. I waited to have a dog until I was like 35. So that says a lot about me, I think, even though I'm obsessed with dogs, always wanted one for myself, was, you know, had dogs when I was a kid. But to have one on my own, even that felt like in my 20s, I was like, I am not in a position financially and just like honestly lifestyle wise too to be in a place where I want to have a dog and feel like that's the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Uh, the other day, one of my teenagers was like, said that they had seen something on TikTok about how it's cost about half a million dollars to raise a child to adulthood. Yes. And he was like laughing about it, how there was no way that was possible. And I was oh. like, oh, you have no <laughs> you have idea. No idea. How much of my money has gone out this door? <laughs> just like, might as well have just thrown it into the ocean because yeah, it it's so expensive to raise kids. Um, And, and also like, I, I love what you said, Rosie. You know, I think about how a lot of my friends in their 20s were lamenting being turning 30 and then 30 turning 40. And I never really went through that ah, because I never got to be 20. I never was 20. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm missing. Hearing you describe it, I feel uh, furious, sad, <laughs> jealous, jealous, tired. Yeah. <laughs> you um, saying like you want to be selfish. I think like that does kind of trigger a lot of older generation people because mm. they didn't get to do that. They mm -hmm. didn't get to be 20. They didn't get to travel. Um, and maybe now that they're retired, they're getting to do, to do those things. But, you know, that's not a guarantee. So what do you think about people referring to themselves as dog mom or dog parents? I know there's a lot of controversy behind that. Some people get really annoyed. Do either of you do that? Do you say you're a dog mom or a, a dog parent? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I only recently started thinking myself like actively being like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm a dog parent. After we spoke with um, Shelly Volsh, the anthropologist who was yeah. like, yeah, dog parenting, it's a thing. Uh, but I was doing everything that comes along with being a dog parent without really naming it as that, you mm -hmm. know, because <laughs> there is still like yeah. this old school part of me that's like, oh, that feels a little bit too weird. But I'm like, OK, I totally <laughs> think of Daphne as my child. 100%. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I agree. And I also like I understand the controversy and I understand why people could be upset by that term. I understand that there's a difference between having a child and having a dog. But I do feel like we raise dogs as like part of our family. So it almost becomes like another child for you. And also I do have people in my life that are going to be child free and all they want to do is raise dogs. I feel like them calling themselves dog parents validates their experience as well. Mm. And I think that that's totally valid. I have human children. <laughs> and I still consider myself a dog mom. Absolutely. Because part of Shelly's research was talking about how like they are kind of like toddlers. I've had a baby and I, a human baby. And I've also had a dog baby. I've had a puppy. And it is so remarkably similar watching them try to like grow into the use of their body, figure out the world. Like I think of the first time we took our dog Bev um, to like a local brewery and how she was so overwhelmed. And she was like, whoa, what is all of this? Very similar to a human kid that would, you know, sights, sounds, people, like all of these things. Do you think, do you find that Frankie that like, 
they do feel like a child in a lot of ways. Oh, totally. I mean, so yeah, my my story with Daphne uh, is that we adopted her when she was six months old, and she had um, she definitely like you could tell how smart she was. She's a she's a a border collie uh, and a blue healer mix, so like incredibly intelligent worker dog, but also didn't have much training under her belt when we first got her from the Idaho Humane Society. And I can tell you, just thinking about like the term pet parenting and investing in her financially those first six months, we spent so much money on Daphne. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I don't want to compare it to like what it would cost to buy a stroller and a, a crib and all of those things. Yeah, but you get a crate and, you know, like there's a lot of expenses well, in the beginning. And, and vet bills at the beginning for mm-hmm. us, poor girl, she had worms uh, when oh, we first no. got her. So it was like within the first week, we take her to the vet, you know, it's like $500 or something crazy. Um, and then uh, there was like some stuff in the summer. She got some water in her ears last summer after we first got her. So as well as like at first, we're like, okay, what toys does she like? We'll buy this one. Now she's a lot less expensive. We figured out some like cheaper things and things that she doesn't really need so much anymore. But I do think that there is something to that. Mm-hmm. I think so too. What What do you think, Rosie? Like, have you been around kids enough to say, I don't know, feels pretty similar to how you have to sort of speak to kids and teach them how to move through the world? I actually do feel like that. My mom runs a daycare, so I'm around kids a lot. And I do feel like there are some similarity similarities in that as well as, yeah, like just the expenses of it all. Like my dog is very anxious. And so we've had to accommodate his anxieties as we've gotten to know him more and figure out what he's comfortable with. So like, for instance, like we have an at-home vet service, um, which is quite a bit more expensive because it's an at-home service. You know, he's a bougie dog. Um, (laughs) He needs a lot of assistance. Um, But yeah, those things that maybe are unexpected, but you have to cater to them as they grow into their personalities and stuff and figuring them out and I didn't grow up with dogs, um, so I'm truly just like figuring this out with him as he grows up and trying to do my best to be the best, you know, dog parent I can be. I have had conversations with my um, Gen X uh, older siblings who are like, you treat that dog. You are so intense with this dog. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> She's my little girl. <laughs> yes, I have had those same conversations with uh, older family members and older friends who are so shocked by uh, especially how much my husband Alex babies our dog Bev <laughs> but it was his first like adult you know a dog as an adult and he watched every video and you know he was like so prepared read the book and then it's kind of yeah <laughs> read all the books was yeah. so ready which was funny cuz i had grown up with dogs i've had several dogs as an adult um and so I was kind of more like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you just put a bowl and water out and like, you know, and it was kind of actually very sweet seeing him um, invest fully in like providing the best life for this dog and making sure that like she comes into the family in a way that like welcomes her and makes her feel super loved. Um, you know, we have uh, another dog who's 19 and a half now and he has been my best buddy for uh, almost two decades. And um, we got him when my kids were really, really little. They were uh, pretty young. And he's been our family dog, you know, for mm-hmm. uh, over 15 years now. And um, we got him from the Idaho Humane Society. Uh, one of those times where like he just we had been volunteering there on and off since the kids were really little. 
And then one day we took this dog on a walk and he jumped up on my lap and was like, we're going home. And the kids were like, this is our dog. We're taking this yeah. dog home. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I I thought about him all night, went back and got him. And that's Chip. He's been our best buddy in the family forever. And he oh, was always sweet. so gentle with the kids. It is interesting because I think in a way, um, you know, I've had two different kinds of dogs and you have a baby dog and then you have a dog who is like, uh, we always called him like uh, the comedy therapy dog because when comedians would come over, he would always go to whoever was the most upset and sit on your <laughs> lap like, hey, how you doing? You know, like he was, he's very in tune with people's emotions. So it's funny because he actually ended up caretaking us a lot. I think, you know, you think mm, of your dog mm-hmm. being a baby, but I think as they get older, you realize that they end up doing a lot of emotional labor for you too. I mean, yeah. how many times have you been stressed and petting your dog? And then you're like, oh, wow, I feel so much better. I mean, that's, I guess, you know, kind of their job too, mm-hmm. right? Totally. I bet that's just so cool because I know, Emma, you talk about your kids, you talk about Chip too on the podcast pretty regularly, but like the idea that Chip has been with your boys as they've grown up, that is just so sweet. And that yeah. like, I'm sure there's just like this symbiotic relationship between between all of them with him. Oh, fully. I mean, I do think he appreciates appreciates that they're like grown men now. Yeah. And they're not like <laughs> sticking their fist in his mouth and like pulling on his eyebrows. I mean, they were never like mean to him, but they were boys you know, rambunctious children and they were like rolling on him and stuff. And he was always very tolerant of them. And sometimes I would look over at him with like, they'd, you know, um, have a hat on him and sunglasses and have be like touching his teeth. And he would just <laughs> look over at me and give me this look like, thank you so much for this. Yeah. Uh, love it. <laughs> love doing this. But he never nipped at them. He was never, you know, he was just so good to them. And, and really kind of, like you said, a symbiotic, in a lot of ways, I was a single mom for a lot of that. And I always kind of joked, like, Chip was like the steady Freddie man in my kid's life for a lot of years, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, he's in for, in my case, kind of been like a best friend or almost a partner in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, you know, I call him my man because he's, he's always been like right next to me in every situation. So, mm. so yeah, I mean, Luckily, he's immortal, so we don't ever have to go yes. through. <laughs> yeah, sounds he's, like it, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, well, tell him to give some of that to my dog, please. I know. I know. People are always like, what's the secret? People food. That is the secret. Rosie, some of the TikToks you create highlight the dual income, no kids lifestyle, where you and your husband are just living your best life, enjoying your 20s. And but you have this sweet boy, Dodger. And mm-hmm. like, how how did this man come into your life? Oh, gosh, Dodge. Um, well, and also technically, it's like the term is dinkwad, I think is what, what? it is. It's <laughs> what dual, does that mean? That's the actual term. That is what we are. That is ridiculous. Dinkwad. Double income, no kids. Got it. Okay. Double income, oh. no kids with a dog. With a dog. Oh, wow. And I like the dinkwad term just like it doesn't fit it just doesn't hit with me when I put it on the screen I just don't <laughs> like it um so I just stick with the dual income no kids no hashtag dinkwad on your tiktoks so. yeah I'm like uh yeah I can't do it but I'm like everyone will always comment being like you're technically this and I'm like no I know I love my dog like he is part of my family um but we had like moved in together post-college my husband had moved in together he's my boyfriend at the time and we had talked about wanting to get a dog we were looking at some of the shelter sites. But um, one of my friends from high school decided that her family wanted to have one litter of golden retrievers. 
And she had posted being like, if anyone wants one, we just want them to go to good families. And we just want to have the experience of having a litter of dogs. And I immediately messaged her and I was like, we would love to like be like, come at least meet the dogs and hear more about it. And we ended up getting a great deal on a golden retriever, which is the most outrageous thing because dogs are very expensive and we were just going to adopt, which I think we would still do moving forward. And we got Dodge. And so we got him at eight weeks and oh. then literally he was so cute. He was so baby. We picked him out, I think, when he was like five weeks old and he was like the wow. tiniest little thing. And it's just so funny because, I mean, I love the puppy stage. I mean, sort of um, as in like they're very sweet, but I just love him so much as like an adult dog. Mm. Like they're just so sweet and gentle. And like he's like my little sidekick. I love him so much. Yeah, I was really against getting a puppy. Um, I had only ever had adult dogs, like the dog I had before Chip was eight when I got him. Another dog I had was six. You know, I I was really like, I don't want a puppy. There's so much work. They're so mm-hmm. difficult to train. But my husband really wanted a puppy. He wanted a baby so bad. And then actually after we got one, I was like, okay, this is super fun. Not that <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So, uh, uh, you know, I've always had great luck getting an older dog. And you get to see their personality kind of in full when they're older. Yeah. Whereas a puppy, you are really just like, well, we'll see who you are, you know, like it's pretty weird, but, um, but also it's so fun and so joyful. Frankie, you talked about preparing and over preparing. How did you finally like decide, okay, we're ready to welcome a dog in the family. What drew you into adopting? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, like I said, I was overprepared probably, but at the same time, it still felt underprepared when you actually get the dog because I totally did do the thing where, uh, the actual day of going had been, you know, obsessively looking at the adoption websites at the shelters at Idaho Humane Society at the West Valley (laughs) Humane Society website. And honestly, I actually like six months prior um, had seen a dog on one of the sites and became kind of invested in her emotionally without ever meeting her. And she was (laughs) on the site for a really long time. And I was like, Apple, she's the apple of my eye. She's going to be my little girl. And then one day she disappeared from the site and I cried and I was like, okay, this is (laughs) a sign that I need to actually do this for real. This shouldn't just be uh, something I just scroll all the time like I'm on social media or something. But yeah, I mean, the lead up was a long time, to be honest. I was like, well, first off, we had to get into a rental that allows dogs, which it still feels like it's hard to to find a good space where it makes sense to have a dog and where you can afford it because it costs more. You know, you got to pay more for a deposit and all that stuff. So honestly, it was like the financial piece was number one. But then the actual day of it was like I just had this fit, this moment of inspiration slash madness and said, let's get in the car and go to the Humane Society. We're just going to look. <laughs> and of course, that's not how it, how it ended up mm-hmm. happening. Um, Daphne's original name from the Humane Society was Lil Bits. Uh, Lil Bits. L-I-L-B-I-T-Z, <laughs> which is honestly hysterical. Every once in a while, we still call her Bits, uh, but she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't come to it. But um, we don't know much about her. She came from Wilders, all they said. And uh, I have a hunch that maybe she was the run to the litter, but she's really fun, really loving, incredibly cuddly. Um, and she is she is the light of my life. She brings me so much joy every day. <laughs> she really is so cute and so perfect. And I love that her name was Lil Bits because she's a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, Beverly's name was Diva when we got oh, her. Did it fit at all? Uh, well, so 
she was being fostered by a dog trainer who works with Northern uh, Northern Star Dog Rescue. And um, she had a whole litter of puppies that uh, she had rescued and was helping. And when we went to look at them, she was like, you do not want her. Like we <laughs> actually walked in to, we walked or we walked out to the backyard to see these puppies. And Beverly came and sat right on my foot and was like, let's go, let's go. And the um, gal was like, oh, you don't want her. I named her Diva because she is so particular about oh. every single thing. She's particular about food. She's so fussy. And uh, I apparently we were like, yep, that's perfect for us. <laughs> uh, we're looking no for problem. the fussiest dog. Hi, maintenance. She is, Sounds good. <laughs> she's so fussy. It is hilarious. But I think that's a good point, Frankie, because... Um, so before we found Beverly, we had actually been looking for a dog for about a year. I was really prepared to like, I, I feel very good about uh, the Treasure Valley shelters. I yeah. know everybody are, they're no kill. They do a great job placing dogs and it's okay to meet a dog like a dog and then not take that dog home because mm -hmm. they will end up in a good home. And we had met a whole bunch of dogs. We met a German shepherd named, named Sophia that the kids fell in love with. Alex fell in love with. Everybody was laying on the ground with her. Everybody was like, well, this is our dog. And then uh, when we introduced her to Chip, she was like, this dog is food. Ooh. And she had big oh, time no. prey. She was chasing Chip and he was like, what is happening? And so we had to pass and everybody else was really heartbroken. But I was really like, my experience with dogs, and this is just a little advice I'll give to people if you're looking to adopt a dog, is it's okay to keep to look at a bunch of dogs, like you said, Frankie, to, to browse and to go meet them and to kind of like to make sure you really click with a dog before you you pick one out all right as a fun little thing to end on here let's describe a perfect day with your pet rosie where are you going what are you doing with your with dodge we'll probably take him to my in-laws pool and he will swim laps constantly oh <laughs> um that's like his favorite thing to do if we can take him to a lake or the water that is his favorite Maybe take him to the foothills, too, and probably get him, like, a plain cheeseburger or something like that from McDonald's or something. Or a puppuccino. Cute. Something fun like that that he can get for a little ride home. Oh, I love it. That's super perfect. What about you, Frankie? So good. Yeah. I think Daphne deserves a puppuccino to start the day. Um, and then a nice, long walk. I mean, she is obsessed with the green belt. Talk about Snafari. Just so many things to <laughs> sniff. Uh, so in Boise especially, like, that's what we're doing. Um, and then, yeah try to find like an evening thing try to find a patio that is not just allows dogs but actually encourages dogs and loves dogs so uh we love to go hang out um at push and pour on leta uh maybe grab a beer or grab um a ice cream from the still right there and she'll just be sniffing and finding scraps <laughs> on the on the ground the whole time another place that we love is payette payette's so great for for welcoming dogs too um that would be the perfect day for miss daphne moon Oh, well, I'm going to, you know, it's a little tough with an old dog and a young dog to find something they both want to do. But for us, it's always going to be Dog Island. Oh, yeah. Uh, both my dogs. It's so funny. We are features. Uh, people know <laughs> my dogs at Dog Island. And I. it's really funny because when we get there, the second people see Chip, they start laughing because he's just <laughs> this 
you know, he's a dachshund mix. He's very long. He's very low to the ground. And he's clearly 10 million years old. And he moves <laughs> so slow while Bev r- literally runs in circles around him like, come on, best buddy. Come on, come on, come on. And we do a loop at a dog island. Bev meets every single dog and every single person there. And Chip does a very slow circuit. It takes us about 25 minutes to walk around the entire island <laughs> with him. But he does the whole thing. And then on the way home, we get chicken nuggets from... Um, Big Bun and a pup cup. They always give us a little ice cream cone. Well, this has been so fun and so sweet. And you're both incredible dog moms. I want you to know that. Thank you so much. You are nailing the role. So congrats (laughs) on that. Um, And this was really, really great. So thank you both. This was so fun. One more thing before we sign off. The Idaho Press is reporting that former city council person Lisa Sanchez will no longer be seeking re-election to the Boise City Council. Sanchez accepted a position at the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and says she will, quote, continue to serve and lead in Boise in a new way. According to a Facebook post where she announced the news, her job precludes her from running. While on the council, she was the only renter and woman of color with a seat at the table. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, tell your dogs. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye.